Gentlemen, we went over the rules in the dressing room. I want to caution to keep this fight clean at all times, and what I say you must obey. Live from the WKOM studio in downtown Columbia, it's time to wake up and get woke. It's three dudes with a view. Let's get it all! The legislature, uh, it's going to be a big week for Murray County in the Tennessee State Legislature, and uh, and it's it's going to happen right now, and the legislature is going to be out of session very shortly. I'm dude number three, Delt Kennedy. Dude number two, Clayton Harris, how you doing? I'm doing well, Delt. Good morning, everybody. Got that bus parked, ready to roll. Oh, yeah. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York, I don't think he's joined us yet. Uh any word from Mr. York, Clayton? No, sir. Not not this morning. Okay. Hopefully he'll come in in just a minute or two. Regular special guest on Monday, State Representative Scott Specky. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. All right, Scott. The uh, this is this is it. You know what? What did uh, Looney Tunes used to say? The, the the tonight is the night of nights, the time of times, or whatever. Uh, this week in the state legislature, two things of. Big importance to Murray Countyans. Uh, first of all, is the scenic river designation for the Duck River in western Murray County to protect the water source for 350,000 people. And second, uh, the impact fee, you know, version 4.0 at this point, uh, in an attempt to get it in through the legislature. And before we get to that, though, we have been joined by a regular special guest, dude, Carrie Powers. How are you? Excellent. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you. All right, Scott, what's happening in the legislature this week? And more importantly, uh, if uh, people of Murray County are interested in these issues, what do they need to do? So, first of all, the uh, Duck River Scenic designation will be at 9 a.m. in House Hearing Room 3 on Wednesday. Um you will not be allowed to stand in the committee room, so you'll have to get there early if you want to be there to get a seat. And in the House, we really refrain on people standing because it becomes a fire hazard issue. But um, you would be able to stand outside the committee room and listen to it and see the monitors. So um, we are asking everybody from Murray County, this is a very important issue that we have to have. Like uh, like Delk, like you said, 350,000 people in southern middle Tennessee get their water from the Duck River not including 200,000 who use the Duck River for recreational purposes. And then you talk about the if this landfill would be put in place, you talk about the economic devaluation of everybody's property around that landfill, plus the economics that would lead to uh, businesses being adversely affected. So um, there's many reasons why this landfill should not be there. And basically also protecting the most biodiverse river in the world and making sure that we have a clean water source moving forward. And, and what people need to know, I think, and there's been some misinformation out there, whether deliberately placed by opponents or not, I don't know. But uh, as, in, as far as private landowners are concerned along the Duck River, they will be able to do anything that they've always done except put a solid waste dump on their land. That's it. Uh, you can go on with your barns, your agriculture, your whatever it is you're doing. Uh, private landowners will not be affected unless they want to put a solid waste up on their land. And, and that's correct. And one thing to realize also is the commissioner of TDEC has the ability to, ability to put a 450-foot 
vista easement on the Duck River, but he can only do that if the private property owner agrees to it. And that's never been done. Never been done. Never has been done because you would have to get every property owner along the Duck River to agree to it. And if one said no, then the, the, the whole thing would be out. And so it, it's just an impractical way to do it. The history of TDAC that's never been done. Never been done. Uh, agricultural, th- those who uh, use center pivots to water their agriculture, that is permitted under this. Um, and remember this. This property out in Monsanto is zoned M2 in heavy industrial. So there are other things out there that this landowner could do that that would be financially uh, feasible and very profitable. Um, and then also remember this. Governor Lee this year has put money in for brownfield restoration, so those Superfund sites. The state knows that we need to get those cleaned up, and so we're willing to put money into that to help these landowners get these Superfund sites cleaned up to make them now places that people could use for possibly recreation or other things. So there is no means restricting the property rights owner of this one person because this overlay was put in place back in 2013, and the previous landowner who had it realized it was there, came to the county commission and asking them to lift that 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 restriction on landfills because they knew that they did not qualify to expand any landfills out there, and therefore the county commission said no. So there's already case on this at the local level that the locals put it in place and have denied the change in 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 in, in uh, after that happened. So, Carrie, we, I assume you're all in on Scenic Duck River. Yes, I've actually asked some questions, made some calls. I've I've actually really looked into this. I would really like to see um, some local people there to show up. I'm trying to work it out to go myself. Mm-hmm. Um, Wednesday morning, nine o'clock. Yes, I hope to be there. I hope Agricultural Committee, Tennessee, will be there. House of Representatives. So then, also, uh, so please, folks, and if and if you can't make it, call the members of the agricultural and <laughs> this is the worst part. It's the agricultural and natural resources committee, Delk. Right. They're tasked with protecting agricultural and natural resources in Tennessee. So um, uh, I got a meeting with the speaker this morning. We're going to have a conversation about this, and also right after that, Delk. So this is going to go a while. They will take the vote at nine o'clock, one way or the other. At 10.30, right after this meeting, we have the Taxpayer Protection Act up in committee. It is the last calendar. Whatever happens with this bill has to happen on Wednesday at 10.30 in hearing room two. So literally, if you know the General Assembly, you will walk from hearing room three, take about a 20-foot to 30-foot walk into hearing room two, and we'll be hearing that in the Property and Planning Committee uh, also. So this is... This is the big day for Murray County. It's going to be up there on Wednesday. Now, now Scott, I understand that the Agricultural Committee will hear uh, testimony before taking their vote. Will that testimony occur at 9 o'clock and afterward? Yes. it'll. Okay. Uh, so the meeting will start at 9 o'clock. We are fourth on, on the agenda. There's a couple easy There's a couple easy bills they want to clear out. And then we're asking the chairman, because this the landowner received almost 56 minutes to testify. And there are a lot of... And that's Trinity, the, right. the owner and proponent of the megadump. And there's a lot of um, um, half-truths and innuendos that were put forth there about it's going to make his property worthless, which just isn't true. And we're going to go go through there, and we've got people coming up to testify from Murray County. Clayton knows one of them very well. And um, we're going to try to unpack all of these mistruths and misleading statements and get this thing focused back on where it should be, is protecting the drinking water for 350,000 Tennesseans right now 
and the future generations of that are going to come behind them and making sure that the most biodiverse river in the world maintains its pristine nature <clears throat> for people to t- take advantage of. Right. And again, the key, the key mistruth or misinformation or whatever out there is the effect that the scenic river designation may have on private landowners correct folks private landowners will be able to do anything that they previously have been allowed to do anything except put a big solid waste dump on their land you can do your barns your silos your cattle your center pivots whatever it is you want to do houses uh that that you want to do is as as permitted by you know county zoning law uh so it, it changes nothing for private landowners except their ability to put a big mega dump on their land so and then also like i said at ten thirty is the taxpayer protection act i understand there's a compromise and amendment being worked through right now we should have that language today and get it filed uh, so that that'll be ready to go on Wednesday, and then we will just uh, we will do our best to present both bills and try to work them through the committees, and hopefully we can come up with two victories for Murray County and the Duck River and our and our growth uh, on on Wednesday. And Scott, I understand that the taxpayer uh, property taxpayer protection act is you call it what you want, but most people commonly refer to it as impact fees. Uh, and this, you're still working or have worked to put together uh, a compromise that has a chance of success in the, in the General Assembly. That is correct. And so we will have that language hopefully today and get that filed, and then we will go from there and start working the committee. Um, obviously, this, uh, this amendment filed is going to be in conjunction with the two chairmen of those committees that have to agree to it, and hopefully we've struck a deal that we can get this done that allows Murray County to still do what Murray County wanted to do originally and make sure. I see Mr. York has joined us. Yeah, Mr. York. Hey, good morning, Mr. York. Dude number one. Morning, everybody. Sorry, a little technical difficulty. You forgot How's to set everybody? your clock. You, you forgot to set your clock forward, huh? Did you did you reset your clock, Mr. No, York? no, my computer was slow warming up. Oh yeah, I think yeah, they're gremlins. The there was right a light time. out too, just, and Delts computer. My login procedure was just a little lengthy. So that's that's what's going on there. Um, also, switching there's a, there are a couple bills that we passed are pretty significant this week, uh, protecting our power grid. You know, there were times when people were vandalizing or attacking these these power substations and taking them out. We've escalated that. If you do over ten thousand dollars in damage, it'll go from a class um, E felony to a class C felony now. And then, and that's uh, a, uh, Scott. You know, I, I was in the criminal law business many many years, and what always what, what was just a fact that it was hard to do anything about is copycat crimes mm-hmm. and uh nobody had ever heard of shooting into a power station and, and knocking out power for a hundred thousand people but what had happened first about six months or a year ago mm-hmm. somewhere it wasn't not in tennessee and you can folks you can sure expect copycats around the country mm-hmm. to take that up and then the other bill we passed was house bill 562 what this does is when members of our national guard have been activated uh, what happens is there's about a 30 to 40 uh, day delay in their pay. 
being activated. And so that was putting families in a big hardship because these are people that normally had a normal day-in and day-out job, but when they get activated, they have to leave that job and they lose their pay. And so there was about a 40-day window in there when the family would receive no benefits. And so what we've done is that when they get activated, their pay changes immediately and they have to start being able to draw a paycheck for their uh, for their d- d- for their deployment right away. And that is such a great thing. And folks, you may know, you know, we we do a whole lot and should do a whole lot to help these folks who serve in the National Guard, among other things. So their uh, employer is required to uh, give them leave when they're called, and then to give them their job back when they are no longer called. And this is just another aspect of the. Uh, hardship that they undergo because they don't get paid by their employer when they're called up. So this will this will ease the hardship on those who are called to serve. And then we also passed a bill. Now this is one that the Trinity people actually could take advantage of. Um, it is House Bill three nineteen. This is proposed by Governor Lee. It is the revitalization of brownfield sites, those Superfund sites, to get them acclimated and reclaimed into normal use. And so the state has saw that there is a a a a um, uh, what's what I'm looking for, Doug? A um, a reason to clean these sites up to make them more um, feasible for people to use and get them remediated back to where they're not toxic anymore. And so the state is going to provide grants to counties to help their brownfield sites get cleaned up. Scott, this is just sort of out of the blue. One of the problems that we have here in Murray County is uh, we call them dumps. And in the early days of phosphate mining, they didn't reclaim the land at all. Would this help with dumps? That is correct. Yes, it would. So wow. it's, it's pretty broad and encompassing. We're going to watch how much money is taken up by this, used at the local level. And if it is, the governor has talked about expanding the amount of money used for this. This is a way that we can give money back to communities, is by helping them be able to draw funds down from the state to make their their communities more livable. And then the last one that we passed is the one that drew all the attention. It was uh, limiting the Metro Council size. We cut it down, I think, from 47 down to th- down to 20. That falls in line with every other uh, every other municipality, every other county, every every other municipality or metro government in the state. Uh, they had 47 at one time, and from what we've been told, the reason why they had 47 was when they combined the county and the city together so nobody would lose a job. They just put the number. They just combined both of them into one. Right. And so we've uh, we've thought, we've looked at it around the state, te- uh, Memphis, uh, Knoxville, Chattanooga, other states, and the only other states that do this uh, where they have over 20 – one of them is Chicago, Illinois. I can't remember the other one. There's only two that do it, but one is Chicago, Illinois, and we know the problems that they have running their government. So it was basically just an efficiency measure to hopefully make sure that they uh, they are operating at peak efficiency for their people. Okay, let's uh, let's come back in two Scott, minutes. Scott, I'm going I'm going I'm going to reject that notion, and when we come back, I'll tell you why. I was waiting for you, Mr. York. Okay, I know you were waiting.
Parks Motor Sales is our area's premier GMC dealership. Their lot at 919 Nashville Highway has an impressive selection of GMC vehicles, trucks from the light-duty GMC Canyon to the Sierra 3500 Heavy Duty, and everything in between. GMC's SUVs are impressive with the Terrain, Acadia, and Yukon. Want luxury? Ask about Denali upgrades. Go to ParksMotorSales.com for information and see their awesome offers and services. Parks Motor Sales, GMC. We are professional grade. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Have you been hauling your own garbage to the convenience center? Are you tired of doing it? Does your work schedule keep you from hauling it off regularly? Is your teenage son not taking it off like he promised when he got his driver's license? Do you have something better to do on Saturday? If any of these questions strike home to you, call the Garbage Man at 931-540-0919 and your problem will be solved. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group. 
or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Folks, I am dude number three, Delk Kennedy. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. How you doing, man? Doing well, Delk. Good morning, everybody. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York is with us. Good morning, everybody. Sorry about the delay, but I I made it and I'm here. Good yeah. morning, Carrie. Good morning. All right, Carrie Powers, regular special guest, dude. Good morning. Good morning. All right, Scott Specky, state representative, friend of the station. Uh, and in the thick of it in front of the legislature with things that are really important to Murray County right now, this week. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, everybody. All right, Mr. York, you said you you got a bone to pick about yeah, this. Yeah, I got, I got a bone to pick with Scott. Scott, I try to like you, but I, <laughs> well, whatever happens up there in, in the big house on, on the hill just makes it almost impossible to go along with some of the shenanigans you all push. Okay. Uh, the bill, House Bill 878, that allows a clerk to determine, because of her beliefs, whether individuals can get married. That's ridiculous. It's been tried in Kentucky once before, and it winds up that the clerk lost her job and they filed lawsuits. So why? Or let me ask the question: Do you support that bill? First of all, well, Mr. York, I think you're wrong on the bill. Hold on one second; I'm going to look it up real quick. But now, I, th- th- this is not about wait. This is not about the number of seats on the Metro Nashville Council. This is about a different. No, issue. it's not. I, I'm, it's about the marriage bill that they're passing okay. up there. Uh, okay. Where Just... where a clerk can determine whether to grant a, a marriage license to same sex or biracial marriages. I've not heard anything about that. Mr. York, what was the bill number you gave me? House bill what? 878. All right, we're looking it up right now. Oh, yeah. I am no, not familiar no. with this. Okay, so no, Mr. York, that's that's you're, you're a little bit off there, just a little bit. It's not the clerk. What it says is an individual who solemnizes wedding does not have to solemnize a wedding if they object to a circumstance in it. That's all it says. Like, uh, you remember Mr. Kantz used to do uh, weddings all the time on the square. I used to do some, and then the bill came out saying that you can't deny same-sex couples, and so all we've said in Tennessee is... A clerk can't deny somebody from getting an, a marriage license application, but what we're saying is the person that that is solemnizing it 
if they object to a circumstance in it, they can't be forced to do it. They would have to find somebody that would would solemnize their wedding. That's all the bill says, Mr. York. It doesn't prevent a clerk from issuing the license. It pro, it it, it prohibit. It gives the person who wants to solemnize a wedding the ability to say, "No, I don't want to do that one." That's so, all it does. So, what, for what? Why is that necessary to get down in the weeds in people's personal life, though, Scott? We 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 have intrusive government in Tennessee. And we continue to talk about we don't want big government, but looks like every turn you're trying to get down to the weeds and controlling people's life. Well, we're not trying to control people's rights, Mr. York. We're trying to give you the right to say no. That's all we're saying. In you other have, words, Mr. York, minister the right to say no. No, that that if you object to it. That, that you have a religious conflict with it, or even if you just don't agree with it socially, that you should have a right, because there are many people out there, Mr. York, who will solemnize it for them, and no problem. That's right. I thought we were supposed to separate religion and politics. Well, a solemnization of... So why does religion have to be something that's involved in making that decision? Well, well if, if how, how is there separation if a minister... Uh, is presented with a couple to be married for whatever reason that he doesn't think they should be married. Maybe he just doesn't think that that they're known each other long enough or haven't uh, been. Or, through or maybe they're under duress. Yeah, or maybe they're too young. Who but, knows? But all, all the bill but does for whatever reason though, it gives a minister a choice yeah. as to whether or not to. Uh, to marry a couple before him. You, you, you are, Mr. Mr. York, you are correct, though. The law is very perfectly clear that states at the federal level that you cannot deny a marriage license to somebody on that. The clerks will give the license, but unable for the license to happen, it has to be solemnized by somebody who legally can do it. And all we're saying is that person, if you go ask somebody and they have a conscientious objection or a religious objection to it, that they have the right to say no. And if that's you're it. arguing, oh, if you're oh, arguing, okay, all right. Let's go to another one. That okay. That's all, I I don't know where it's at, but it's by Marty Fritz up there that's saying that younger people marrying older people shouldn't take place because they're out to get their money. Are are, are you aware of that? No, I'm not aware. Do you have a bill number, sir? I, I don't have a bill number, but I mean, uh, I mean, it, it's by Marty Marty Fritz up there right. uh, that's complaining about younger yeah. people marrying older people, younger men, younger women marrying older, and he says it's all to, to get into their finances. What business is it of his? Well, I think that may even rise to a constitutionally prohibited uh uh, they may fall in the same category as same-sex marriage, for instance. Yeah. He's calling it older folk abuse or something to the yeah, effect. I'm, I'm not sure that it's going to pass constitutional muster. Well, if you've got uh, I mean, it I'm, I'm, I'm scanning. La- la- last one, last one I'm going to pick on you about, Scott, All is right. getting involved in metro government. Sure. And we know, you know, you can put lipstick on a pig. It's still a pig. You're talking about efficiency, and it's not about efficiency. It's about the metro government not voting to have the RNC convention here in Nashville. Now, what you know, you're getting involved in people's business at the local level, and we shouldn't be. Suppose they came down and say that we don't need 22 county commissioners. We only need 11, which we do have the largest governing body in the state now. Mm-hmm. I, I would like that. <laughs> well, remember this, Mr. York, the subsets of the federal of the state government, their power is given to them by the by the state. 
so Murray County's government is a subset of the of the state of the state government. Now, here's what I'll tell you: this, and this is, yes, they did say no to the Republican convention, which cost the city of Nashville two hundred and seventy million dollars of it revenue. It wasn't just the city of Nashville; it was now, all of Middle Tennessee. Now, now, here's here's where the rub is, Mr. York. The city of Nashville has come to the General Assembly multiple times to bail them out financially, such as the one we just had where they wanted to build a new Titan Stadium, but they didn't have the money to meet their obligation, so they had to have the General Assembly give them the right to raise taxes, hotel-motel taxes, on people that come to Nashville to help pay for something that they wanted when they could have gotten over over 70% of the money they needed from hosting a convention that would have garnered them $270 million. Did you all vote for the tax increase? uh, I did not. Because okay, I didn't, did it did it pass? It did pass, and so okay, so so, so the majority so, of the state said it 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 could pass, mm-hmm. and you said no, so you know you lose. That's right. But and still, so, still, it's about the political position that Metro kind of uh, government had, and now you're trying to cut it down and slice it down, just like you did the state, the gerrymander metro area. Well, that's now, what you're trying well, to do. Well, well, the, what well, he's saying is that the metro would have had enough money to build the stadium without state help if they'd allowed the RNC convention. And and but so Met- Metro makes state decisions just like the county commission makes the, makes decisions here in Murray County. Well, it's interesting, Mr. York, that as soon as this legislation was filed filed then, then Mayor Cooper comes on and says, "Now in in the next convention, we're all about hosting them now." Because he knew that they screwed up when they said no to $270 million. And how about this, Mr. York? What well, how much was it going to cost to support the RNC with all the turmoil and all the shenanigans that they had going with conventions? How much would it cost the metro city in order to support the RNC? From, from, That's what you should look at. We did, Mr. York, and from what we've been told from all the financial analysts, that when the dust settles and all the Republicans would have left Nashville, they would have netted roughly $270 million. How about all the well, business? That's what you say. That's what you say. You don't know that. That's an estimate. That's fair. An estimate That's can fair. be wrong. That's fair, an Mr. Estimate York. can be wrong. You're right. It looked like everywhere they've had a Democratic convention or Republican convention, it costs cities money. Well, they then, don't make a profit. Well, well then, <laughs> using that rationale, when you look at Super Bowls, they cost the municipalities money too. So we're building a new stadium to be able to host a Super Bowl that's going to cost us money. It's the same argument over and over. And by the way, you are. Sure, but hold me, on, hold on. You right. are. You are right, Mister York. This estimate could have been wrong. It could have been three hundred fifty million. We don't know. It could have been. It could have been zero. That's too. right. So why wouldn't you take the chance well, well, of allowing the revenge well, that <laughs> the revenge that a supermajority legislature is perpetrating on governments across the cities of Tennessee mm-hmm. is wrong, Scott. It's just plain wrong. Well, I, I know this for a fact that that every time Nashville has come to the General Assembly for money, they've given it to them. Well, which, which tells Murray me, County has come to to the to the legislature to pass to help with the growth. Mr. And you all have done your consistency about that. is not you know if Amazon was going to put a major facility here in Murray County and employ Murray County and said good pay with good jobs and the Murray County Commission turned them down because they're a woke leftist corporation, you would be <laughs> howling. 
woke, make make you aware. Yeah, you need to be aware because that's the problem in Tennessee. Not enough people are aware of what's going on. Well, turning down business and jobs for purely political reasons is no count, and I can't believe that you support that. And, and here's the thing. Well, the, 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 here's the last thing. Go ahead. The governor's got two religious-affiliated commissions that he he's implemented, and you all voted to financially support. Where does separation of church and state come in this administration? Well, it's it's clearly defined in the Constitution that we shall support no religious affiliation over another. It doesn't say that religion and religious beliefs can't be involved in governmental decisions. It just says that you can't mandate one specific, like they had in the Protestant Church in the King of England. That's all the Constitution okay. says, Mr. All right. Well, and, and I'm tired of the Bible thumpers like like that supporting your Lieutenant Governor McNally, who mm-hmm. voted for. <laughs> oh, I knew this. Daisy <laughs> Queens, mm-hmm. and, and and you all are sitting up there and you're happy with it. You know that it's an abomination, all man, right, to so... have someone in leadership vote against something and stop the the honest making of money by a business. And then he's on the internet, surfing the internet. Well, Mr. Okay. York, let's let's say just for the sake of argument that Lieutenant Governor McNally, uh, you know, is one of these people who is a minor attracted person. The solution for him is easy. All he's got to do is switch parties and be a Democrat. Oh. Y'all, y'all embrace this. No, people. no, no, no. All the deviants <laughs> seem to be on the other party to me. Oh. You so, all got more things going on than the I, Democrats. So, There's a nationwide movement. So, the so Scott, Party what's your to, position? Are you supporting Gover- Lieutenant Governor McNally on his shenanigans with the with the Daisy Dukes and all that stuff? Well, Mister York, I, I don't I don't have enough information to make a good decision on this. I've heard a I've seen a uh, expose from the Tennessee Holler, which is not a reputable media source. So we are trying to gather more information. But, Mr. York, uh, Lieutenant Governor McNally, first of all, has he broken a law? I don't know. I don't know. Has he violated ethics? I don't know right now. We're waiting to find out. But yeah, if, we, if you looked at uh, yesterday's, you, you got to be careful. Well, maybe he hasn't violated any law, but it is sure hypocrisy. Well, well, well hold that, on, that, hold that, on, Mr. York. Let me unpack something you said here real quick. All right. And I sat through all these committee meetings about this, these, these uh, LGBT drag show bills. And the drag show people who got up there, they said the same thing over and over and over. We don't do the things that are in the bill. We don't do these things, these lewd performances. And the question was asked was, well, then, if you don't do these, what do you care about the bill then? How is it going to affect your well, why life? why pass useless bills, though, Scott? You're wasting legislative time passing and debating useless bills. Well, Mr. Right, Mr. York, don't... you sat on the... And then, and then you're supposed to be a fiscal conservative. Mr. York, you sat on the school board. You, we have an obligation to protect minors. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Okay. We got obligation to protect minors, so let's do it across the board. Let's 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 stop pretending that you protect minors. The guns are what's getting minors. Well, I'm not aware of any mental health is what's getting minors. <laughs> Mr. York. Not drag shows. Mr. York. Drag queens have not shot one well, we, gun we, we, to kill a number of students. The topic here was <laughs> Lieutenant Governor McNally, and let's take a break and come back. We want to talk about that some more. <laughs>
This is Barry Duke, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Ram owners know tough, and they know what they want. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us to have a huge inventory. Call or stop by to talk to one of our Jeep or Ram product specialists, and we will help you build your dream ride. You can count on us. Choose a 1500, 2500, or 3500. Pick the power, options, even the color you want. Buy online and save time with our online shopping tool. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. Online at ColumbiaCDJR.com. I received this beautiful ring, but it needs to be sized. Where should I go? Tillis Jewelry, of course. We will be happy to size your ring no matter where it was purchased. Each of our goldsmiths have over 30 years' experience. Tillis Jewelry's repair shop is in-store and always on time. Stop by and let us give you a free estimate today. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia and Lewisburg. Owned and operated by Rick, custom designer, and Terry, registered gemologist. Assuring you the best jewelry value and expert services. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hi, this is Dr. Wendy Tui from the Dr. Gill Center. Most chronic back problems are caused by compression from the disc becoming thinner and bulging as we get older. All we have to do is treat the disc by gently decompressing the spine. You may not have to rely on dangerous drugs, risky injections, and often unnecessary surgeries. If you are experiencing neck, back, hip, or leg pain, it's likely we can help you. Initial exam and x-rays, $39. Call me painfree.com or 615-551-9224. Vintage doesn't always mean long-lasting. As your home systems age, your repair costs, utility bills, and breakdowns rise. During Hiller's Vintage Showdown, we're giving away a free new system to the owner of the oldest HVAC unit. Submit a picture of your old equipment online to see if you qualify as the winner. Everybody wins with trade-in credits plus 0% financing for up to 48 months with approved credit on select new HVAC systems. Enter to win now at happyhiller.com. Call the Happy Face Truck today. The NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. Oh, we got one sideways. That's Christian Eckes. Returns to Atlanta Motor Speedway. And you can catch the action right here on the Motor Racing Network. Here comes Corey Heim, rookie driver out of Marietta, Georgia. First career win in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, and it happens at Atlanta. It's the Fray 208. Saturday, March 18th at 12.30 p.m. on WKOM 101.7 FM. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is T. Willie, and I have somebody special on the phone right now, Mr. Miles Johnson from Foodland. Miles, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's always a good time to come shopping at Foodland, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what uh, what specials you got for us this week right now? All righty. Well, this week we have T-Bone Steaks, three ninety nine a pound, three-pound bag yellow onions, two for three. Uh, we also have Sun Drop. 12 packs, two for nine, and Hormel Black Label Bacon, 4.99 each. 
Wow, what a, what a price on the T-bones. Eh? $3.99 a pound, you said? Mm-hmm. Wow, that is amazing. So thank you as always. And again, you're open seven days a week, uh, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. right there on West 7th, just right by the post office. So everybody needs to come in and check out those great deals. If you can't remember what we just told you, just pick up a flyer at the door. So, uh, Miles, thank you and thank the great staff there. And uh, and we'll talk to you next week, okay? All righty, thank you. with a view Monday edition folks uh, we're getting toward the middle of March here my name is Del Kennedy I'm dude number three dude number two Clayton Harris how you doing I'm doing well Del good morning everybody dude number one Mr. Jim York good morning Del good morning everybody regular special guest dude Carrie Powers good morning I'm so happy I've got a ringside seat this morning <laughs> special guest and friend of the station representative Scott Speck good morning everybody Mr. York there was an article at yesterday's Herald about Speaker, uh, not Speaker McNally, Lieutenant Governor McNally. And what the writer of this article had found is that uh, <coughs> Lieutenant Governor McNally goes through and emojis and likes, uh, and he's he's a great-grandfather now, folks. He emojis and likes almost everybody he's acquainted with, young, old, gay, straight. Uh, you know, that's just his thing, and the the article, you know, if you read it, you get the idea that what it is is the, what we have here is not a case of a lieutenant governor who's a minor attractive person, but a case of a, an elderly lieutenant governor who uh, children need to get him just to step away from the keyboard, you know. And uh, <laughs> I, I mean, read it for yourself, see what you think, you know. Well, you know, I, I just think we, we've got a lot of hypocrisy, not only Gov- Lieutenant Governor McNally, but other people that sit up there in, in the high seats, and they, they don't want to do things to help people. I, I keep harping on this, and I'm a harp on it as long as I can. We've got over a million people in Tennessee that are living under poverty. If you your median income in the state of Tennessee is forty nine monthly $4,900 or so, and people are using 30% of their $4,900 to pay for housing. We don't have affordable housing in Tennessee. So there's a lot of work we can do, Scott, in, in Tennessee to help people everyday lives instead of attacking things, trying to morally make them do what you want to make them do. That, that's just ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, there are a couple other things going on, though. Yeah, let's talk about it, Scott. Um, the retention bill, the third-grade retention bill that everybody is very concerned about, we have an amendment that will get filed today. Um, I'll be carrying that amendment for Chairman White in the General Assembly. It'll do three things, and I'll lay those three things out in committee. I can't talk about them right now because they are not the bill's not filed yet, but um, I think it'll be a good compromise from everybody to make sure we don't inadvertently retain a, a child in third grade that should have the ability to move on. 
That's that can, but, sh- but that Scott, can... are y'all, what are you all doing in, in kindergarten? Are you doing anything in terms of resources and teachers' mm-hmm. assistance and class sizes at that level? Yes, sir. So a uh, couple things: uh, teachers' assistance and the new TISA funding formula that Murray County is going to get here in a couple months. I believe they're going to get an increase from the state of nineteen million dollars, Mister York. Over twenty percent of their budget will now be funded at a higher level from the state to help. Uh, and we've asked them. We we didn't put it in there, but we've asked them to do what's right for the kids and focus this money in K through three, making sure that they have enough resources in K through three, which that additional $19 million, 20% of a budget could be focused into those areas to make sure that those kids are getting the help. Governor Lee has uh, proposed a bill that will pass. I guarantee it'll pass. That will increase the the funding from the state outside of the new funding formula to pay for summer school, to pay for learning camps, and to pay for tutors for kids starting in kindergarten to get them the necessary help that they need. I have a question about that. Go ahead. For summer school, are they going to provide transportation included in included in the funding? Okay, thanks. There you go. So that that those summer now here's the interesting part. We are going to start to offer a summer school, a four week course at the end of school. And we're going to offer a four-week course before school starts for kids to get ramped up ahead of time, too. Funded all by the state, transportation provided, food provided by the state. But is that optional or mandatory? I don't the, understand. The, like, who's the, going Who's, who's so, going to fill these seats? So if a, it starts with the economically disadvantaged first. The kids that, that are in, that are in the worst shape financially and have the worst or have the most challenges, they would qualify first, and then depending on what the numbers of Murray County sends to the state, the state will adjust the funding accordingly. So we are encouraging the locals: is if you have a child that that could benefit, we're going to leave it that wide. Uh, um, I'm, if you see me, I'm talking to one side because Miss Powers is sitting on one side of me, so I'm not looking away from the mic. But if you try to uh, if you identify a child that needs help, the summer school would be available to them, those camps would be available to them, and the tutors would be available to them. Okay, but you identify the school suggested, and then the parents are the ones that... No, no. I mean, the, no kid's going to be like, I want to go to summer school. No. So the, and, and so it's 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 this is the way it should work, and Mr. York was on the school board, you're on the school board. If we get the parents engaged in the students' education and the parents and the teachers say to the parents, look, I think this would be really good for your kid because of X, Y, and Z with the the data that you give them, I, I don't see a parent saying no. I don't see it, especially when it's free and we're talking to kindergartner that they may otherwise have to pay for daycare to take care of. Well, Scott, is, is the pile of money coming down for teachers' assistance specifically, or is just the pile of money in addition to what the, the, the locals are going to get? It's the second, Mr. York. It's an addition. With the new funding formula, we got away from mandating how they spend their money local control like like you would support and giving the school boards the ability to determine what is best for their students and so we're trying to open this up more to where each local education association or school board they have the ability to make their decisions based on what's best for their students now here's where the accountability comes in we will be testing and monitoring and looking for movement in this literacy. If it doesn't happen in three years, then there will be restrictions coming down from the state on how you're going to spend your money. We're giving them a three-year window to move the ball. If they don't move the ball in three years, then we're going to have to come down and say, here's how you're going to spend your money to move the ball, Best off, based off of best practices from around the state. Okay, well, will areas that have less resources get more money? Well, that would like, be up that, like maybe Perry County. Uh, every county except for two 
in the state is going to receive more money, and the reason why those two are going to receive less money is because they've have a they've had a heavy bleed off of population in their schools. Where it's going to make a difference to them. So not only did they 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 lost enough students that the more money that we're funding is still showing a negative because they bled off so much in student population. People are just leaving the districts. So the money will follow the children. And if the children are coming to Murray County, Murray County will get more money. And we're also talking about... Thank you. Yeah, very importantly, though, we were talking about raising, raising uh, St- teacher, teacher pay. Teacher uh, base pay to yeah. $50,000. The goal is within three years, uh, and it's, I think it goes up, I think it's five or $6,000 every year, that by the 25-26 school year, starting pay for teachers will be 50000 And what we're asking the governor to do, to do is put additional funding on top of that, that, is, that let's say that the average increase is $12,000 then the teachers that have been in the system that are at $60,000 over those three years, they would be bumped incrementally up to 72000 Does that make sense, everybody? Yeah. So everybody across the board would, would pay in this. And then we're also looking at possibly allowing the TCR, TCRS retirement system for our public school teachers, that they could take that with them even if they go to a charter or private school. And, and and conversely, make the TCRS system possibly available to private school teachers where they could transition into public schools and help out there, too, if they wanted to, without without losing their pension. So, wow. I mean, we are, we are all in in education. What you'll probably see now, and I've already talked to a lot of the colleagues up there in education and chairmen, you will probably see that this will put uh, ELA um, uh, reading... This will put in K through three all of the reading focus we have. This will put it after this session on pause, and then myself and others will be tasked to come up with this with the transitional uh, documents and, and bills on mathematics starting in K through three. This is where we're going to make the pivot now, and we're going to start focusing on mathematics in Tennessee. And we got to kind of let the English language arts portion of it kind of kind of percolate for a couple years to see hey what's working what's not working and then come back in a couple years and address those issues but right now we're on the cusp of we've done everything we're going to do in k through three to help kids learn how to read provide additional resources provide additional funding and now we're going to sit back and we're going to say okay now go go work it and go make it work and then we'll come back to you in two or three years and see where we are and now we're going to transition to mathematics Scott, I got one last question for you this morning. Yes, sir. Uh, one, up in Benton County, there was a youth pastor and coach mm-hmm. that was indicted for using minor images. He got like something like 45 years. Mm-hmm. Has the state trued up the the credential part of, of educators or youth workers or whatever it, that deal with youth across the state? Yes, that's a great question, Mr. York. There's a bill I saw that came across my desk. i got to read it more before it gets filed, but it talks about uh, we have a system in Murray County, I think it's called Viper, where you go when you sign in with. and they Raptor. Ch- Raptor, I'm sorry. God. It's, it, it's the same kind of thing, but yeah. it's, it's called Raptor, and what it does is, it, is when you go to visit a school, you have to present your driver's license, and it runs it through the sexual offender database and the court database. And we have talked about where when people start to get into these teaching uh, teaching professions, because we are expanding the 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 availability to have more people involved in education, that we have to make sure that we are running the necessary checks 
to make sure that we're not inadvertently putting a sexual predator among these children. And so we've worked with TBI. Uh, they're, they're coming up with a solution to it. We think we'll have it here this year that uh, uh, because we're expanding it to military personnel being able to get into our schools and volunteer. Uh, Mr. York, we're talking about with tutors, right? We're talking about giving paid time off for state employees who will go volunteer in our K through K through three system to become tutors to our kids. We're talking about uh, the National Guardsmen and women who, for some reason, have a conflict with their serving time. They have to do community service to allow that them to go into our K through three systems and be reading tutors for our kids. We're trying to create this, but by doing that, you have to have a, a better system to make sure that we don't inadvertently put someone in a in a in a situation that would be very detrimental to the students. So, it's it's well, it's, obviously Benton County wasn't using it or something because uh, that guy got away with with, with rampant use you, you're of right. minor images you, and stuff. Mr. York, you're right. We missed we missed one of our own right here in Murray County, Tad Cummins. I mean, we, we, you miss him, but we got to be careful not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And so, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't think we missed Tad. I think local leaders totally didn't follow protocol. I mean, right? Well, that'd be, a, was, miss. That'd be a miss, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's but, a miss, Gary. Well, I mean, no, I mean but, but what you're describing, I mean, Raptor TBI, I mean, if the superintendent of schools and the head of HR at the time were going to cover everything up, I mean, that's only that's that's called. Uh, very bad mismanagement, negligence. Yes, that's not exactly a miss. Well, what what we're trying to do is we're trying to do it on the front end that's somewhere in that process that you would do the the Raptor and and make sure and cross-check it with TBI and look for restraining orders and things like that across the state in one uniform database to make sure that if somebody goes from Murray County and they get terminated for an inappropriate action, that when they go up to Bradley County, it would show up and they'd be able to identify that. Yes, this, yeah. is, this is a good system, and I'm glad that you're doing it. But at the time that he was, you're talking about catching people at the time of hire. At the time of hire, he was not a predator. Mm-hmm. But so you're talking about two different things if you're going to reference Tad Cumming. Yes, I mean, he should not be able to be to leave Murray County and go get hired at Bradley County, mm-hmm. um, which would be really hard to do from where he is right now. Uh, but <laughs> at that time, that that had nothing. Raptor would not have served any purpose in that. So I'm glad we have Raptor or other things to keep predators from being near our kids. But y'all were talking about two very different things. Fair and enough. that was yep. total malfeasance. Fair enough. Uh, but Scott, but one of the things, too, if a person is a predator and he's accused in one, one jurisdiction, he normally resigns mm-hmm. and then goes to another jurisdiction and, and gets... There you go, Mr. The state Mr. doesn't have anything to catch that. That's one of... That's, 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 these, these folks, they... When it gets hot in one place, they move to another state, move and, across and the country, and they and keep moving. And that's part of the legislation, Mr. York, is to put a database there of why someone was was terminated or why somebody was, was separated. Um, and therefore, they have a working knowledge of be able to ask those questions of what happened. Educators need to do less shuffling. Yeah. shuffling. I'll admit it happened on my, my watch when I was a chairman in the special needs education here in Murray County. Right. We, did, we didn't have any evidence that he was doing things until we finally caught him. Don't, yeah, it's, don't, it's not easy. It's not a sure thing, for sure. Don't forget Murray County, 9 a.m. General Assembly on Wednesday. Your Duck River Bill and the Taxpayer Protection Act will be up. Okay, there we go, folks. Big week le- legislature from Murray County. Be Happy aware, Monday. be there. See you. Have a, have a great cold week, folks. Get together.